Welcome, Christian Israelites, covenant people, Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, Caucasian people of the Bible, the Adamic race, the bloodline from Adam down to Yahshua, and of course, down to the Israelites in the world, true Israelites, the uh, uh, Caucasian migra- migration, the 12 tribes that migrated into Europe in 745 BC and became the European nation states. That's what we're teaching here at Eurofolk Radio, and that's what we're all about, uh, explaining to the world that the Jews are not God's chosen people. We are, and as long as we disobey his commandments, we will be subject to this disease called Judaism, <laughs> right? It's like a, a parasitic infection of our bowels. All right. Speaking of bowels, uh, uh, I was diagnosed with, uh, 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 what's that? Uh, leaky gut syndrome. That's what it is. Leaky gut syndrome by a blood specialist. And he said, I have to do something about this. And I said, okay, what do you want me to do? So he gave me a protocol, which I've been following very, very closely for the last few weeks. And people can probably tell I'm not nearly as congested today as I have been recently. And uh, it's a long story. I won't go into it today, but uh, my protocol, including uh, not being online so much because I'm very sensitive now to computer radiation, Wi-Fi radiation, all that stuff. And so I've been developing a protocol, changing my life, rearranging my furniture so I can get back to full health because it's really bad, Michael, when you're running out of energy (laughs) two hours after you get out of bed. I don't know if you've ever experienced anything like that. But I'm getting my energy back. I'm back to my old self, uh, ready to kick Jew butt day in and day out, which is uh, really important to me and, of course, important to our listeners here. So, Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing very good. Here okay. It's like 80, 80 degrees in Fahrenheit and Celsius is like 25. So it's a very beautiful day here. Blue, okay. The blue sky, very often in Sweden, Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. So... I have so, a nice time. I can hear it on you also that you are, you doesn't sound, you sound uh, much more uh, before clear. time you've been very congested. You hear yes. that. It sounds like, yeah, yeah. but now yes. nothing. Now I hear nothing from it. Yeah, very good. Yeah, because the protocol is working. Uh, it's a lot of different medications, actually supplements, not medications, that the doctor prescribed for me. And I've been getting advice from other people what they have been doing for medication uh, to take care of uh, sniffles, sniffleitis. And uh, including uh, apple cider vinegar, just putting a little bit of apple cider vinegar in your water and drinking that, uh, that helps because uh, uh, that kills bugs, it kills germs. And uh, to the extent that the, uh, and I know I've got prediabetes, otherwise known as insulation, uh, insulation, insulin resistance, insulin resistance, which is due to, well, yeah, I had to stop uh, eating Car- uh, carbohydrates, you know, especially processed carbohydrates altogether. I just don't eat those anymore, and that's helped a lot. So I'll do a, a complete show on uh, this subject maybe this Friday or the following Friday. So people, because uh, uh, according to the show I did last night on Restoration Hour, the second half was about how 5G, the 5G rollout is going to exacerbate any radiation that you already are suffering from, it's going to make it 10 times, maybe 50 times, or even 100 times worse. So be prepared for the 5G rollout in your neighborhood 
because it will make you sick. In addition, it will be uh, make the 5G will be able to target individuals. They can triangulate from one tower to the next and actually kill somebody by targeting that individual. So this is what they're planning for us. And as I said last night, (laughs) that's why Bill Gates has this cute little smile on his face, like Judah P. Benjamin, who is the smiling Jew of the South, always had this smile on his face. I know what's going on. You don't. Ha, ha, ha. Right? And Bill Gates, he told us that they're going to create a depopulation movement through infertility. And these radiations and these drugs they're injecting us with are creating infertility like crazy. So they really anticipate that they can wipe out 7.5 billion people, leaving only the 500 million that was uh, broadcast at the Georgia Guidestones. Okay, now we've got a kind of a variety show today that we'll get into, but uh, real quickly, Michael, have you ever heard of the Georgia Guidestones? Yeah, I've heard it from um, from among, of course, from you and from other. When I read books, I've seen those uh, uh, those very um, those texts that are written. That that is one of their goals. This sounds very the goal, but it's again this this is the Orwellian written in very Orwellian uh, texture. So they uh, say stuff. Oh, maybe sounds good, but then you said also this: you reduce the population to five hundred million. Right, and that's just about. And those I don't remember. Sorry, I don't remember when that stone was was built. But then now the population of the world has increased, so they have just to, I guess, kill off a lot more people. They right. need to want to get down to 500 million. And but it's, that's a question I have for you, Eli. The destruction of the Yorga Guidestone. You think that is um, something of Yahweh's doing, or is this something that uh, our enemies is doing to cover their tracks? Yeah, it's uh, obviously Gates and company. Did the, 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 did the dirty themselves. Uh, for, interestingly, nobody, uh, no left-wing organization or right-wing organization has taken credit for blowing up the Guidestones. And I think the deep state, uh, in, in other words, the Jew World Order, did it themselves because it's right there. It's proof. It's proof that uh, they want to reduce the Earth's population to 500 million people. The, uh, our uh, publicity of the Georgia Guidestones and other patriots as well has made the world aware of this whole uh, this whole scheme. You know, hey, uh, uh, Michael, there's no conspiracies. Just remember that. <laughs> okay? That's in the right? Bible. Yeah, right. You can read in the Bible in Psalm 83 that there are, um, this is this, and uh, they have, um, yeah, they have, I don't remember the word now, the Jews in, in Psalm 83, but they say they have counsel against us. Right. They are confederate against us, and that's a conspiracy, folks. Yeah, it's totally conspiracy. So again, welcome everybody. I just want to make a couple of quick announcements before we get into our first topic. Uh, All three topics have been posted in the chat room. And uh, I I want to beg for a webmaster because Paul English is no longer going to be able to be the webmaster for your folk radio. He's got his own project called Speak Free Radio. And we will be doing simulcasts between Speak Free Radio and Eurofolk Radio as often as possible. And uh, at 3 o'clock, I think it's Eastern Time, uh, uh, Speak Free Radio will be simulcasting the works of Bruce G. McCarthy. Okay. Uh, Outstanding Christian Identity 
legal and constitutional scholar, probably the best in the world. So because he's both Christian and constitutional. And so uh, Paul graciously simulcast that here at Eurofolk Radio. But I'm going to need a, uh, a a nerd, a computer nerd, somebody who can uh, do the programming for Eurofolk Radio and for Anglo-SaxonIsrael.com because I just haven't had time to learn the ins and outs of programming w- with WordPress. I just haven't been had the time to do it. So I need to rebuild Anglo-SaxonIsrael.com and I need somebody to pick up the slack from Paul here at EurofolkRadio.com. So if anybody out there knows a computer nerd who's willing to work with us, the pay is not great, although you know we may be able to structure something where uh, the person gets compensated you know, at least uh, reasonably well. Uh, and then uh, that, if that person's a patriot and or Christian identian, he'll be contributing to the great cause that we have here at Eurofolk Radio. So, so please put the word out there. If you know somebody, please let me know. My email address is elijames at att.net, elijames at att.net. And then another announcement here, I will be making my second appearance on Caravan to Midnight this coming Thursday, and that will be 9.30 Central Time, 9.30 Central Time. And a lot of people were unable to listen to the show because there's a lot of confusion as to how to get to the show. Number one, the best, quickest way is to just tune in to Caravan to Midnight on YouTube. It's broadcast live on YouTube every weeknight, uh, Monday through Saturday. Okay, so that's the quickest way. But also is dlive.tv forward slash John B. Wells. I'll put that in the chat room uh, as well. dlive.tv forward slash John B. Wells, because J.B. Wells, he is the announcer. He's the host of the show. Uh, has an amazing track record. He used to be on... Uh, well, it still is. Uh, his uh, show is syndicated on radio stations all over the country. So chances are uh, they will reach about 2 million live listeners. Okay? So this is a, a big step for us to go and be broadcast uh, on Caravan to Midnight. And last week was Who is Israel? Part 1. And we left off with the dispute between Jacob and Esau. And the last, my last words were, and Esau despised his birthright. So that was a cliffhanger for y'all. <laughs> so, Who is Israel? Part 2 will air this Thursday on Caravan to Midnight. Be there! Be there! Even you in Sweden, it might, you might be up at 3 a.m. <laughs> but you, the only downloads available are by subscription. So you have to subscribe to get the downloads, and, and the, uh, but to, to listen live is free. All right, uh, Michael, anything from you, from your end? Um, the only thing I can um, also say that I have now, I've read um, uh, your book, The Great Impersonation, is up on my, my channel. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, okay. that is on the Line of the North, bit short channel. Same also, now I'm reading a book by Mary Nell uh, Wyatt that is about battle for the firstborn, and that is giving archaeological proofs about Exodus, where it happened, and also gives proofs where Mount Sinai is located. It's uh-huh. not located where they say it is. It is in Saudi Arabia. Right. And all this, I think, Ron Wyatt did find all this during his lifetime. This is part of his important work, so that's I think this is an very important uh, book to share because oh. people are the attention span of people have to read in books i realize it's a bit short maybe <laughs> right. so, it's a, so yeah. it's a way maybe for me to try to get the word across to people that don't have the longest attention span maybe half an hour maximum 45 minutes and they can listen to a chapter then go on um so um that's why i'm in reading a lot of those books because it's a way to digitalize books that I think are very important that doesn't exist as, as an, um, an audio book. And that yeah. can help some of our Good. people, I think, to listen. Right, right. Yeah, and you just mentioned that, that yeah, uh, Brother Michael has recorded my book, The Great Impersonation, How the Antichrist Has Deceived the Whole World. I haven't had time to post it up. Uh, uh, Michael has his own channel here at Eurofolk Radio called Lion of the North. But I just haven't had time to post all those audios. Where are those audios available right now? Uh, you have a, your own website, correct? I have my BitChute channel. I can I can post the channel on the in the chat room. Okay, so you you've uh, been po- posting these on BitChute, your personal BitChute. Uh, what is that? BitChute, uh, Lion of the North slash Lion of the North. Uh, is that it? Yeah, I put a link in the chat room so you all okay. can find it there. Um, so that's okay. the, that's the Nord, no, it's Nordic Nordic Awakening is the name on the Nordic channel. Awakening. Okay, right, very yeah. good. Okay, so, so yeah, there you can find Eli's book, and you can also find a lot of other books that I have been recording recently. Very good, very good. So we're we're not sitting on our butts here, folks. <laughs> we are putting the word out. We are kicking Jew butt. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's the part of his work. This is a part because this is those kind of books. They have, they don't want you to know those books. Absolutely. Especially your book, uh, the Great Impersonation. Especially also the Sargon Magnificence. That is also one of those obscure books that tells who they are. And right. Those kind of books I have been recording. And Amen. I, I will continue to record. And if there are any more books that people find that is important that I read, I will do it. Just give me some examples and I will do it. I, I will have a list that I work on. And I ask, work on until Father Yahweh tells me to stop. Right. <laughs> well, he's not going to tell you to stop. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> right? I won't. I don't know. Maybe I have other duties for me. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know his plan. Really. I, just, I just fall along in the spirit that tells, that tells right. me what to do right now. Yeah. I think the Internet will collapse before that happens. Okay? So, And that's a possibility, too, because the uh, Rothschilds and their ilk, they have what's called the dark web. The dark web is out there, or only certain people can access it, namely the super rich and the military. And so they can shut down the free web, the Internet of Things, as they call it, and anytime they want, because they really don't need it. However, it, because the Internet is so valuable to the international Jew in order to propagandize the world, they keep the main Internet running. But if they want to, they can shut it down. And they can give commands from headquarters to the dark through the dark web to all their operatives and send them out and start attacking American cities and stuff like that, right? So 
they don't need to attack European cities because the European cities are also are already under their thumb, totally under their thumb. What irks the Rothschilds is our First Amendment and Second Amendment. They have not been able to overthrow them, and like as I like to say, any the only way they can overturn the Second Amendment is by constitutional amendment, which has to be approved by a majority. I think it's actually two thirds of the states. Okay, and I would be surprised if any politician in the United States would be bold enough, courageous enough, foolish enough to propose the the overturning of the Second Amendment by a constitutional amendment. Ain't going to happen, Michael. That person, whoever it might be, we're going to have a, a target painted on his chest. Okay. So they're all afraid. There's no politician with the guts to propose such a change in our Constitution. So they're going to try to keep on chipping away. They're going to keep on having one school shooting after another, blaming it on white supremacists, blaming it on guns to chip away at the Second Amendment. But they won't dare. They will not dare to change the Second Amendment by uh, constitutional amendment. Okay? That will be so, and, and frankly, the Supreme Court has upheld the Second Amendment time and time again, okay? Because they know it's political suicide to go there, to even go there, all right? So now, uh, I've, like I said, we put the links in the chat room, and the first link that we want to talk about is in a provocative move, Russia orders Jewish agency to cease work and remove staff from the country, Russian media reports. This is from the Jewish Telegraphic Agency. And if you, it's not a very long article. Uh, if you want to read through this, Michael, and, uh, yeah. and then we'll discuss it, what's really going on here. Over to you. Yeah, I think so. That's important. Thank you. So, um, in an unprecedented move, the Russian government has told the local representatives of the Jewish Agency for Israel to end their activities and leave the country, according to reports in Russia Media Thursday. The move comes amid increasing tension between Russia and Israel over Israel's response to Russia's war on Ukraine and as Russia seeks to strengthen ties with Iran. The closure of the Jewish agency's local office means that Russia will no longer be able to apply for citizenship in Israel from Russia, evoking memories of when Russian Jews were not allowed to leave under communism. It also means... Well, that wait, wait, have... wait a minute. That is patently <laughs> a lie. That the fact is that only Jews were allowed to leave Russia under communism. Right? The so-called refuseniks. Remember, folks? Remember the refuseniks? And only Jews were allowed to leave communist Russia because what was happening in Russia was the, the so-called Gentiles, the real Russians, uh, were sick and tired of the Jews running their lives and were, were making life uncomfortable for these Jews. All right? So that's a blatant falsehood there. Okay? So, but uh, And then the other thing here is Russians will no longer be able to apply for citizenship in Israel from Russia. Well, they'll just move over to Ukraine and apply, apply for it there. What's the, what's the big deal? Over to you. 
Yes, I guess those Jews that did leave Russia, aren't they? Oft, oft, maybe also much referred to as this Russian, uh, what do you say, Red Mafia. Right. That did come to America. They were mainly Jews. And that's, that's right. this excellent book written that they said, Red, Red Mafia yeah, the, by uh, Friedman. Yeah, the incredibly um, evil Khazarian Mafia. Right. Which is essentially Judaism. That's what that is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. It also means, um, yes, so it also means uh, that the effects to promote emigration to Israel and community building activities offered by the Jewish agency in Russia will be curtailed. It doesn't say they will be ended. It just says curtailed. You know, so, so how much of a split is this really? Okay, well, let's keep reading. Jewish agency st- uh, staff in Russia must leave the country by uh, July the 28th, according to a report by RBC, a Russian news agency, that did not offer reasons for, for the order. Uh, the Jewish agency did not immediately respond to request for command, comment, but the former senior employee who spoke to the Jewish telegraphic agency under conditions of uh, uh, anonymity said Russian's decision has limited significance uh, for Aliyah, the immigrants uh, to Israel by Jews and their relatives. So, uh, quote, as long as Russia can travel to Israel via freeze, uh, Russia, Russian Jew can come here and make Aliyah here directly with the interior ministry. The Jewish agency is, is just a go-between, not an arbiter uh, of Aliyah applications, end quote, the source said. And Ela, what is this? Aliyah, is that kind of visa, some visa? What is that? Well, it's uh, Aliyah apparently is the Jewish term for emigration from any country to Israel. Okay, that's apparently what the term means. Okay, so it doesn't really matter what country they're in. If they leave that country and go to Israel, that's called Aliyah. Okay. Ah, okay. All right. So, um, when the visas are canceled... Uh, that's um, then we can speak of the return of the Iron Curtain and the <laughs> Right. Okay. As if <laughs> Russia is going to become it. communist again? What? I don't think so. All right. The uh, Terrations relationship between Israel and Russia means such a move is not inconceivable. This week, Russian President Vladimir Putin traveled to Iran to meet with um, Ali um, Khamenei. Uh, the counter-supreme leader and a sworn enemy of Israel. Uh, quote, recent, recent stance take by the president of Russia against the Zionists are commendable, end quote. Um, Kamiene tweeted soon after this meeting without specifying which actions he was referring to. The meeting uh, came amid reports that Russian officials have privately said that um, Yair Lapid's recent appointment as prime minister of Israel's, quote, is creating special difficulties, end quote, in the country. Relations. Um, Lapid was a more forceful critic of Russia than the predecessor. Uh, Naftali uh, Benet, after Putin sent his army to invade Ukraine. Um, Russia's embassy in Tel Aviv has repeat, uh, reportedly uh, conveyed Moscow's disappointment with Israel for vote, uh, voting along with the majority of the United Nations General Assembly in Mars to, pres- to pass a resolution condemning Russia's invasion of Ukraine. 
in the in the first half of 2022, at least 16,598 people made Aleya from Russia. More than double the 7,711 who came during the whole 2021. Many newcomers left because of the war, which ushered in a wave of nationalism and new limitations on free speech in a country that was already uh, widely considered a dictatorship. Uh, the fact that some of the newcomers to Israel are oligarchs uh, <laughs> and other wealthy individuals okay. who brought some of their wealth with them is not appreciated by Vladimir Putin, the Jewish agency ex-official said. Oh, I think it is. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. How many oligarchs has he, Jewish oligarchs, has he thrown out of Russia? You know, dozens probably, right? He, he knows yeah. very well that they take their money with them. Right? Of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. But the main reasons for the move, he estimated, is geopolitics. Cutting diplomatic relations with Israel or shooting down one of his planes is too drastic an action for Russia right now. So the Jewish agency is a soft target to send a message, end quote, they said. Earlier this month, uh, the Jewish agency said it had received a letter from Russian authorities outlining concerns it would need to respond to. The concerns uh, related to the group's recording, uh, keeping about Russian citizens, which the Russian justice minister said was illegal. The Jewish agency, a semi-official arm of the Israeli government, said the letter did not constitute a demand for it to cease operations and said it would continue its work without in, um, interruptions while um, uh, discussing the issues raised in the letter with the Russian authorities. Roman uh, Bronfman, a former lawmaker from Israel who was who has written a book about Alaya from the former Soviet Union, said that while Russia's move has limited um, uh, concrete impact, it should be seen as a warning sign. Quote, the Jewish agency uh, work won't be affect, affect Alaya. Its role is only supportive and unnecessary in the mo- modern world. And quote, he tweeted in Hebrew Thursday. Instead, he said, Russia is using the closure to, quote, pressure Israel, the global Jewish community, and American Jewry, a dictatorship's um, power games, and, quote. Um, still, Bronfman added, quote, advice from my friends, leave Russia as soon as possible if you're planning to, and, quote. Okay, if you're planning to. So it's all very tentative, and frankly, I don't believe a word of it. This is all smoke and mirrors. As we've been saying, the entire war between Russia and Ukraine is being staged for the benefit of the Bidens. So Joe Biden can blame high oil prices and high food prices on Putin and Russia. It's just one of the strategic world games that the Jews play, and Putin is in on it. Sorry, folks. In my opinion, Putin is in on it. So uh, I'm not concerned at all. What they're trying to, they're trying to use scare tactics in this article. Okay. Oh, World War III is imminent. World War III is imminent. Well, World War III already started, folks. It started the first time uh, an American was jabbed by Bill Gates. That's World War III, folks. And it's an attack on America, an attack on Western civilization, no doubt about it. So, in order to uh, confirm what I just said, 
The second, excuse me, <coughs> I have to cough. <coughs> the second article is from Politico, and it's about the relationship between Vladimir Putin and Henry Kissinger. <coughs> excuse me, folks. <coughs> All right, here we go. Because they have never ceased communicating with one another, even from oh, the days when Putin was a communist operative. Back in the 1990s, Henry Kissinger, the legendary former U.S. Secretary of State turned global consultant, he's always been a global consultant for the Rothschilds, that has never changed. And, sorry, there's a pop-up here on my screen, okay, and this is a Bill Gates pop-up. It's not. Uh, it's not an ad. Uh, I hate the Windows, but I have to use it anyway. The legendary former U.S. Secretary of State turned global consultant. Yeah, he was consultant to Richard Nixon, um, Carter, Reagan, probably even George Bush the first, and possibly even Clinton. You know, so the Jewish. Advisor to all these presidents has is we've had Jewish advisors to our presidents starting with the days of Woodrow Wilson. Period, and that has not changed. Every single U.S. president has had a internationalist Jewish advisor telling him what to do. This country has been under the thumb of the international Jew since the reign of Woodrow Wilson. Period, it has not changed. And Joe Biden is just one of the worst examples. Okay. The actual worst example was FDR, because he communized America with his Jew deal. But let's continue. Here's what Kissinger says. I worked in intelligence. Vladimir Putin finally told him, according to, uh, sorry, this is Vladimir Putin speaking, according to First Person, a 2000 autobiography cobbled together from hours of interviews with a then unfamiliar Russian leader, to which Kissinger replied, quote, all decent people got their start in intelligence. I did too, unquote. As Putin climbed the ranks in the Kremlin, eventually becoming the autocratic president he is today, he and Kissinger kept up a warm rapport, even as the United States and Russia grew further apart. Kissinger is one of the... Now, it's interesting that the United States and Russia should grow further apart after communism. Right? Or has communism merely gone global? Kissinger is one of the few Americans to meet frequently with Putin. One former U.S. ambassador recently called, along with movie star Steven Seagal and ExxonMobil CEO Rex Tillerson, the likely next Secretary of State. So, from, from the, this so far, Michael, does this sound like there's some kind of split? between the arch-Zionist Kissinger and Putin, the head of Russia? Mm, no, this sounds that they are more friends than ever. That's right. Pals, drinking buddies, right? <laughs> hey, let's have some vodka. Now, as Donald Trump signals that he wants a more cooperative relationship with Moscow, when is the date of this? Uh, I don't know. The, the oh, 19th, uh, 4th of December 2016, is that true? Okay, 2016. Okay, well, I'm sure the relationship between the two has not changed. The 93-year-old Kissinger is positioning himself as a potential intermediary 
meeting with the president-elect in private and flattering him in public. Uh, That's what the Jews specialize in, flattering people and then stabbing them in the back. Like Trump, Kissinger has also cast doubt on intelligence agencies' conclusion that Russia sought to sway the election in Trump's favor, (laughs) telling a recent interviewer, quote, they were hacking, but the the use they allegedly made of this hacking eludes me, unquote. So even Kissinger denies the accusations of the Democratic Party against Trump. Some have expressed surprise that the urbane, cerebral former top diplomat would have any affinity for the brash, shoot-from-the-lip Trump. But seasoned Kissinger watchers say it's vintage behavior for a foreign policy realist who has cozied up to all sorts of kings and presidents for decades. Well, like I said, Judah P. Benjamin had that wry smile on his face. Because he knew what was really going on in the Civil War, and he's the one who prolonged it. And the same was true of Bill Gates. He's got that same old, uh, how should I put this, um, excrement-eating grin on his face (laughs) because he knows what's going on. He knows all the weapons they have to destroy America, including 5G and uh, the the shot and starvation, you know, um, What's the, uh, in the book of Revelation, it says, I sit the queen, no one can uh, dethrone me. And that's the attitude these international Jews have, because they control everything, literally everything, religion, politics, media, education, they control it all, and nobody can knock them off their pedestal, except for our Savior, Yahshua Messiah, you know, if, if it has to be that way, we have to wait for his return. In the meantime, we have to fire up the troops because the, those troops will be part of the battle against these evil people, the Kazarian Mafia. So let's continue. So Kissinger also has this wry smile on his face wherever he goes because, see, I own you. I own you. That's what. Yeah, go ahead. Isn't that smile kind of the Joker smile? Oh, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah, but the, eventually the joke's going to be on them. Can't wait for that, folks. Cannot wait Isn't for that. that uh, the former one you had in Chicago, Ron Emanuel, did, did he also have that smile? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Our former mayor? Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, un- unfortunately, uh, our, the current mayor of Chicago, Beetlejuice, uh, otherwise known as, uh, what's her face? <laughs> I'm so used to calling her Beetlejuice, Lori Lightfoot, or Larry Leadfoot, as we call her as well. Uh, she doesn't have that smile. She's always infuriated because her own party is giving her trouble, right? But she's a total one-worlder, as bad as our Jewish governor, our Jewish governor, Pritzker, who I understand is going to throw his uh, towel in for... Um, uh, election to be president, the Democratic candidate, okay? So, folks, we may have Jews. Now, every single person that uh, Biden has selected for his cabinet in, in minor positions, virtually every one of them is Jewish. All right? So it's not going to be much of a change if we actually have a Jewish president, okay, in the person of Prisker. Another one of those cheap billionaires who... Uh, in Chicago, he actually tore the toilets out of his mansion on Michigan Avenue to get a tax reduction, right? The guy's worth millions, if not trillions, billions. He's certainly worth billions. 
And because he's such a cheap Jew, he tore the toilets out of his mansion to pay less, a smaller amount in real estate tax. Can you imagine, Michael, a Jew being that cheap? Yeah, that's cheap. That is yeah, very yeah. cheap. Yeah, it's very cheap. Yeah, and he, he, he fits the Jewish profile perfectly. So just a couple more sentences here because the fact that Kissinger and Putin are still pals should be you know, very instructive to everybody. No, th- this war, the so-called World War III, is being staged. The Jews have no intention of uh, disrupting Russia because Russia produces too many goods for the NATO countries. The NATO would fall apart without Russian oil, Russian uranium, Russian lithium, uh, Russian wheat and corn, etc. Okay? So, again, what I've been saying all along is this entire war is being staged for the benefit of the Bidens. Okay? Not that he'll be elected president, but whoever becomes president next, and forget it, folks, there's not going to be another honest election in America. It's over. Uh, this this republic has been dethroned by the international Jew, but they haven't been able to dethrone the American people. And that's what really irks the Rothschilds and all the rest of the Jews who run this country. Anyway, for years, Kissinger has argued that promoting a greater balance of power between the U.S. and Russia would improve global stability. But skeptics fear this approach will sacrifice other values and reward bad behavior by the Kremlin, including its alleged election meddling, its invasion of Ukraine, and its support for Syrian dictator Bashar Assad. There's also the question of how Kissinger himself would personally benefit from a new reset with Russia. Aside from the reputational boost of having easy access to two major world leaders, the former Secretary of State's secretive consulting firm, Kissinger Associates Incorporated, could get a bump in business. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, every Jew thinks of his own pocketbook, right? Sometimes their pocketbook uh, supersedes the actual Jewish, Jewish world, right? But I don't think so in this case because Kissinger is nothing but a Rothschild operative. Just as all the Jews in America are, they're all Rothschild operatives. They have no interest in saving America. They want to destroy America, and they're scrambling around figuring out how to how to do it, and they can't because, of, thanks to the First and Second Amendments, they have been unable to do so and will be unable to do so. Your comment, Michael? Yeah, and I I really believe that. In, the, in this present time, America is the nation that keeps uh, us up here in, in, uh, in Europe, I believe. I don't know if this is true or not, otherwise someone can. Because if you fall, I think they will do a lot more worse stuff. Because if someone sees what is happening uh, to example us, then I think you would also defend yourself much more hard. And you will, it would be, right. they can't start their evil plans until... Uh, you have been disarmed. They can start their evil, they can ramp up their evil plans, but they they have to do it. I believe that's why I th- think you in America are keeping the world up right now. Right. Uh, plus, it gives the Europeans time to figure out what's really going on vis-a-vis uh, immigration. You know, uh, there's more and more resentment in Europe. Uh, there's been demonstrations in Europe, farmers demonstrating against uh, against the Jewish leaders of the globe. Okay, mass media is not uh, presenting this at all, but there's numerous uh, demonstrations in Europe. And remember the Kyle Rittenhouse case where Europeans were saying, go, Kyle, you're our hero. 
<laughs> right? He he defended himself successfully against three attackers and shot them dead. Go, Kyle! Go, Kyle! So there's support in Europe for the Second Amendment, okay? And uh, the the outrage occurring now in Europe over these rapes of white girls, I mean children now, it's, uh, they're raping children and, uh, of course, brutalizing uh, white women in Europe and the governments in Europe are not doing anything about it. Uh, the European people have had enough, but they don't have guns. So they can't rise up against this total dictatorship of the Rothschilds in Europe. They just can't. So I, I think you're 100% correct, Michael. You know, the world is looking to America to not give up our guns and not give up our freedom of speech. Okay, it, it's very yeah. Same here. yeah. Uh, I got an, an little hair sent to me about I think it was from from Pestadan, but he said a feminist Sweden, a woman get fined for for carrying pepper spray. Ha! Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of how it is because uh, the women in Sweden can't have any kind of um, uh, defensive measure like a pepper spray. This is not even dangerous, but they can't because weapons because in, in women's for me, is women's are uh, in their, what do you say, upper body strength. They're not as strong as men. That's so right. So a weapon like a pepper spray or like something like a gun or whatever, that will even out the odds. Otherwise, you can't, it won't be even. So this is a way, I, so I, I can't, so I can say what was written. I can just write, write, read a bit fast. It said here, did you know that Sweden has, um, has the world's first self-declared feminist government? Yes, that is correct. Mm-hmm. The current... Uh, socialist government has declared themselves as such. So uh, you would think that perhaps they care about women. Well, (laughs) let's take a look. I just came across an unbelievable story that just took place in my home country. As you might know, if you have read my, yeah, Sweden has a rape crisis. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. 1,930 reported rapes in just the last five years alone. So this is yeah, yeah, this is so horrendous. And your feminist government does not want women to be able to defend themselves. No. And Can this there is be where this? I... Um, Go ahead. Sorry, and this is also where this, where the ideology always, where that one will, what to say, uh, with that will uh, collide maybe with reality. The uh-huh. ideolo- that ideology with feminists doesn't work. And here you see reality will trump it. Yes, yeah. But, uh, and feminism is a Jewish idea, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's totally Jewish. Okay. Uh, remember Barbara Lerner's uh, Spritzer or whatever? <laughs> Specter. Barbara Lerner Specter said, the Europeans will begin to resent, resent Jews because we're the ones enforcing amalgamation. That is race mixing. We're behind it. She just plain out admitted it. We're behind it, and the Europeans are going to resent us for it. Yeah, indeed. But she said it in such a way that, uh, well, there's no way Europeans can do anything about it. Right? Uh, this is the arrogance of the international Jew and the feminists who are a program of the international Jew. Okay? So, again, I, I'm. I'm referring to Revelation chapter 18, where it describes Mystery Babylon, the international banking system, as a whore, a great whore. And she says, 
I sit a queen. Who can dethrone me? Right? This is the arrogance of the international Jew. Okay? Yeah, so Europe is becoming more and more outraged, and rightly so. So this has to concern the Rothschilds too. But since they control the politics of Europe, lock, stock, and barrel, and the rest of the world, including Iran, because the, remember the Shah of Iran was pro-Western, and the women in Iran actually got educations. Right, Nibblehorse just put that video up, Barbara Lerner Specterer, and her, her comments on that subject. And so... Even Iran, remember the Shah of Iran westernized Iran. He got rid of a Sharia law. And women in Iran wore Western-style clothing and got college degrees and became not feminized, but westernized, okay? Feminized means Judaized. Yeah. That's what that means. Yeah, over to you. Yeah, yes, this is, and that's, I don't know if everybody, I don't know how long that has prolonged in Iran, because here in Sweden, anyway, we very seldom see pictures from inside Iran. But my mm. guess is also that many Iranians are blonde and blue-eyed. Yes, they are. Yeah, they're Aryans, in fact, for the most part. Okay. But Islam preaches race mixing, so that's, that's fading fast. But uh, the Ayatollah Khomeini was put in power by the Jews. He's not anti-Jew. That's just the game. That's the game the Jews play, pretending that the whole world is against them, except for the world that they own, right? They have to have an external enemy so that the Jewish people will live in terror of uh, imminent attack by the Muslims, by uh, white supremacists, by uh, Nazis, etc. It's all a game that the Jews play. That's all it is, Michael. Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't have any, uh, yeah, they, they need to have an enemy to be also to be able to prolong their plans. Amen. Amen. So, so they must have an enemy. And that's the name of the game. And uh, I think some, some Jew even said, if we didn't have real enemies, we'd have to invent them. <laughs> Which is what they have done. Okay? Yeah, ISIS. Okay? ISIS, really well, secret intelligence service. There you go. There you go. Okay, so this is the nature of the struggle in these last days. We, the true Israelites of the world, are trying to hold our own against this global dictatorship, which, frankly, they hold all the power. Book of Revelation, Revelation says, who can make war against the beast? We can't make literal war against them. We can only make spiritual war and truth war against them, which is what we're trying to do here at Eurofolk Radio to expose the fact that the Jews are, in fact, the synagogue of Satan and not God's chosen people. <laughs> oh, Nimblehorse says Stockholm Syndrome. What's Stockholm Syndrome? Stockholm, Sweden. Right. Um, yes, Syndrome is like you're falling in. That's something typical that's happened during an, I think it was an, um, an what do you say, they were in an, an robbery and, and they were in hostage situation in Stockholm. And then the, the hostages oh. that were, uh, uh, the women there got in love with the one that took them hostage. Oh, kind of, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. In love with your hostages, with your, oh, my goodness. With your slave masters. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, if, uh, have the feminists ever complained? <laughs> About Stockholm Syndrome, <laughs> right? So, never. never, 
No, they're they're the creators of it. You know, they won't let their own women defend themselves against their what? Rapists and executioners? No, you should love your rapist. Yeah, more so, yeah. More uh-huh. so that you love them or that you yeah. As he also I think Nimblehorn said it, it is the is the syndrome is a condition in which a hostage develop a psychological bond with their captors during captivity. Yeah. Love or or yes, a yeah. bond with them. But it's uh, yeah. yeah, that's Stockholm syndrome and that is what we that is example what all the Israelite nation have with with um, with the central bankers, with the bankers. Yeah, right. All of these so-called Muslim countries, the leaders are not real Muslims. They just pretend to be, and they keep their population enthralled with this faction of Islam and that faction of Islam. But the leaders themselves are pretty much irreligious. That's why they come to Las Vegas to gamble, right? Right. Okay, that's how the world really works, folks. It's all a charade. It's all Jewish theater. Okay. Yeah, but that's the theater. We are, we are, we are not. It's not so fun to be part in this because. Those, oh no, it's not fun for us. Yeah. No, they try to kill us. That's the yeah. problem. This is right. the crazy house, and, and yeah, those it's... that are leading this this crazy house want to kill us. The entire world is a Jewish concentration camp. Yes, that's it is. What it is, and it's not so confusing to. But it's yeah, we know that uh, that also makes us to know that the scriptures is true. That's and right. And that that when Yeshua returns, he will put all this to dust. And right. of course, we should also do our part. We cannot just sit on our ass and do nothing. Yeah, right. Do <laughs> right. No, but that's what Judeo Christianity teaches: love thy rapist. Yeah, and I'm flying to Hawaii and flying to Spain yeah. and drinking your pina colada and you think that yeah. life is fine, life yeah. is good. Yeah, but the Do gas nothing. prices, it's no longer as much fun because of the gas prices and the masks and the shots, right? It's no longer fun anymore. Life is not worth living, folks. How bad does it have to get before these Judeo-Christian wimps wake up? Yeah. Some of them will never wake up. Yeah. Uh, Mary says in the chat room, Kissinger is on a book tour at the moment. He mentioned escalation of war involving China and Taiwan in August. Okay, yeah, well, obviously, he Kissinger is a fear monger, just like uh, every Jew is. All Jews are fear mongers. Keep us on our toes. Keep us on the edge of our seats. Well, didn't Jesus say... There will be wars and rumors of wars, <laughs> right? <laughs> didn't, didn't he say that? Well, what have we got today? Wars and rumors of wars. Rumors of escalation, right? Russia is not going to invade America, folks. It's not going to happen. Although yesterday I reported on the fact that uh, Russia has a, the Poseidon uh, bomb, which is a torpedo, a uh, nuclear torpedo, which is going to be, when it's deployed, will cause tsunamis and will uh, over you know, overwhelm the American coastal cities and European coastal cities. So Russia has this sort of Damocles hanging over the heads of the Western world. Of course, I consider Russia to be part of the Western world. Okay. They're, they're not Orientals like the Jews are. So... This is what's going on, folks. It's all Jewish theater. All Jewish theater. Yeah, Stockholm Syndrome. That's a, that's interesting. 
Okay, isn't that what's happened to? Oh, who was that uh, lady that was kidnapped by the by the leftists in California? And uh, she was the daughter of a very rich person, and uh, she eventually turned uh, turned on their side and fought against her own family, <laughs> right? Patty Hearst. Remember the Patty Hearst scenario? Uh, no, I don't. I'm oh, okay. I'm yeah, she, she she was kidnapped by a bunch of leftists, and they brainwashed her and turned her into one of their own. And she actually took up arms against America as one of them. Right, Patty Hearst. Uh, that that uh, that's an interesting story in itself. Okay. Yes. And uh, yeah, and uh, Paul Paul Eric says, yeah, Jesus accused the Jews of being responsible for all the wars and murders and death of all the prophets and of all those deaths to come. And Nimble Horse, uh, yeah, this was in Matthew chapter twenty-three. Matthew chapter twenty-three, and Nimble Horse put in uh, Wikipedia.org Patty Hurst, H-E-A-R-S-T. That's a very fascinating story. I remember it very well from the 60s and 70s. Okay, so let's get into Dr. John Coleman, the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. We talked about the Tavistock Institute last week and how they are the ones behind this global uh, transgender surgery movement that's happening all over the world. The Tavistock Institute is pretty much the equivalent of America's uh, Council on Foreign Relations with the Esalen, Esalen Institute on the West Coast, uh, basically drugging people and using drugs to control people. That's what Tavistock is all about. That's what the Council on Foreign Relations is all about and related organizations here in America. Of course, it's global. That's what the United Nations is all about, folks. Uh, United Nations is Rothschild Central. So, uh, we're going to change it up here a little bit today. Uh, uh, Michael and I are going to switch back and forth from you know, uh, paragraph to paragraph or section to section. Uh, so uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, take turns narrating. So I'm going to start here. The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, shaping the moral, spiritual, cultural, and p- political and economic decline of the United States of America, okay? So the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations is dedicated to destroying America. Just and like then, I guess, why Europe is not here because they think that Europe is already, already subdued, it's already taken care of. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, they've got the European Union, they've got NATO, they've got uh, virtually uh, they've got Sweden, <laughs> right? They have feminism. They have socialism. They had totally control Europe, and you you don't have freedom of speech in Europe. So no. yeah, so you can be prosecuted for expressing your own opinion. Where in America you really can't be prosecuted, although local Jewish uh, congregations, such as in New York City, have passed laws that you can't uh, deface uh, homosexual monuments, <laughs> right? And uh, th- that's a crime, and that's a total violation of the U.S. Constitution. But, yeah, so, yeah, uh, America is the last domino to fall. That's where we're at, folks. So we can't allow that to happen. Europe 
is counting on us to fight back and punch those Jews in the face, which we will do, because they're not going to overthrow America. Let's continue. So, Tavistock Institute for Human Relations, shaping, uh, as I just uh, repeated this title, and I'll take the the uh, first three paragraphs here, which I'm not sure if it's the foreword or whatever it is, but these first three introductory paragraphs. The Tavistock Institute for Human Relations has had a profound effect on the moral, spiritual, cultural, political, and economic politics of the United States of America and Great Britain. It has been in the front line of the attack on the U.S. Constitution and state constitutions. No group did more to propagandize the U.S. to participate in World War I at a time when the majority of the American people were opposed to it. Much of the same tactics were used by the social science scientists at Tavistock to get the United States into World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Serbia, and both wars against Iraq. Tavistock began as a propaganda-creating and disseminating organization at Washington, sorry, Wellington House in London in the run-up to World War I what Toynbee called that black hole of disinformation, (laughs) black hole of disinformation. On another occasion, Toynbee called Wellington House a lie factory. All of mass media today is nothing but a lie factory, a Jewish lie factory. From a somewhat crude beginning, Wellington House evolved into the Tavistock Institute and went on to shape the destiny of Germany, Russia, Britain, and the United States in a highly controversial manner. The people of these nations... Now, remember, this is the organization that uh, promotes transgender surgery in Europe and America and elsewhere. Folks, the same people. Okay? Be sure to get your sons and daughters lined up at the Tavistock Institute for one of those great beneficial transgender surgeries. can only do them good, right? Tavistock, uh, okay, Wellington House evolved into Tavistock Institute and went on to shape the destiny of Germany, Russia, Britain, and the United States in a highly controversial manner. The people of these nations were unaware that they were being brainwashed. The origin of mind control, interdirectional conditioning, and mass brainwashing is explained in an easy-to-understand book written with great authority. I think it's a reference to this book here. The Fall of Dynasties, the Bolshevik Revolution, World War I and World War II saw the destruction of old alliances and boundaries, the convulsions in religion, morals, family life, economic and political conduct, decadence in music and art can all be traced back to mass indoctrination, mass brainwashing, practiced by the Tavistock Institute social science scientists. Prominent among Tavistock's faculty were Edward Bernays, a double nephew of Sigmund Freud, although <laughs> incest. Oh. Right. right? What else could double nephew mean? Yeah. In, all right. So, do you think the Jews are involved in this? Uh, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> okay. This is, uh, this is really good stuff. This is stuff everybody needs to know. Okay. 
Edward Bernays, the double nephew of Sigmund Fraud. It is said that Herr Goebbels, propaganda minister in the German Third Reich, used methodology devised by Bernays, as well as those of Willy Munzenberg, whose extraordinary career is touched upon in this work about the past, present, and future. Without Tavistock, there would have been no World War I and World War II, no Bolshevik Revolution, Korea, Vietnam, Serbia, and Iraq wars. But for Tavistock, the United States would not be rushing down the road to dissolution and collapse. That is page three in italics. And uh, let me just go uh, into the contents here really quickly, because this is important, folks. Forward. Number one, chapter one, founding of the world's premier brainwashing institute. Two, Europe falls off the precipice. Three, how times were made to change. Four, social engineering and the social scientist. Five, do we have what H.G. Wells called an invisible government? <laughs> what do you think, Michael? <laughs> All right. Um, oh, yeah, that's invisible government. That's the yeah. central bankers. Amen. Six, mass communications ushers in the polling industry. That's P-O-L-L-I-N-G. All right, to take your poll and, and doctor it. Seven, the making of public opinion. Eight, degrading women and decline of moral standards. Nine, oh no, feminism is good for you ladies, right? It'll, it'll empower you. It'll encourage rape and communism and uh, Satanism. That can only be, do women good, right? Okay. Yeah, free choice. Free yeah, free choice. choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, but abortion. You can, have, you can yeah. have, as I read, heard someone said, yeah, you can have, you would say, ir, in, uh, irrespectable um, sex, but then you cannot murder uh, because of that. Then you has you cannot, then this is murder. Right. So that's kind of an excuse because of your in, uh, irresponsibility. Right. And the global abortion industry has always been run by Jews, no doubt about it. Okay. Number nine, how individuals and groups react to blending fact with fiction. <laughs> uh, I guess the Judeo-Christians have no problem with that. Number 10, polling comes of age. Yeah, they're getting better and better at it. 11, the paradigm shift in education. 12, Levin's, L-E-W-I-N's, Doctrine of Identity Change. That's what we're all about here at Eurofolk Radio, explaining how the Jews have stolen our identity. Okay, well, there's 35 chapters. Why don't you pick it up on uh, uh, page 6, and uh, that's in ca Roman caps here, with number 13. Michael? Now, let's see. Uh, you want me to start with the foreword or after the foreword? Okay, well, uh, uh, the, I guess the foreword is next. I've only... Uh, okay, let me finish these. these. These chapters, the chapter headings alone are educational, okay? So I'll, I'll read the next two pages of chapters. Uh, 13. Uh, yeah, you want to 13. I, I can read it. Now I okay. understand. Okay, okay all right. Yeah, number 13. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the induced decline of Western civilization between two world wars. Um, 14. America is not a homeland. Um, 15. The media's role in propaganda. Oh, tell me about that. <laughs> right? Um, 16. Scientific propaganda can deceive the very elect. <laughs> yeah, that one. They, they also try to mock the Bible. Right. 
deceive the very elect, but it's not possible, as he said. So Yeah, right. Not the very elect. Those who are close to elect, but not elect, <laughs> they are deceived. That includes the, virtually the entire Judeo-Christian world and the liberal world. Yeah. Uh, 17. Propaganda and psychological warfare. 18. Wilson gets the U.S. into World War One thanks to propaganda. 19. Is history being re- repeated? The case of Lord uh, uh, Bryce. Bryce, B-R-Y-C-E. Not familiar with that person, but we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. 20. The Black Art of Successful Lying. <laughs> Gulf War, 1991. Judaism. That's the Black Art of Successful Lying. That's what Judaism is. Yeah, 21. The Soulless Memorial of World War I um, Cemeteries. 22. Peace is not popular. 23. The Tavistock Institute, Britain's control of the U.S. 24. Rainwashing saves the U.S. president. <laughs> okay. 25. Tavistock assaults on the U.S. Um, 26. How media, uh, media politicians, actors, and singers are puffed. Puffed. Yeah. Puffed, yeah. Puffed. Me, me, puffed me. Yeah, mediocre. How mediocre politicians, actors, and singers are puffed. Well, yeah, they're they're made cultural heroes by mass media, right? Yeah. Yeah, they they polish the they polish the shit to, to shine. Right. Yeah. I mean, if they can do that for Britney Spears, who can't sing a lick, <laughs> right? And Bette Midler. Who else? Uh, who else can't sing? Yeah, there's so many artists who can't sing who lip sync their way into fame and fortune. It's funny. It's actually funny. Number 27, please. Yeah, the Tavistock formula that got the U.S. into World War II. 28. How Tavistock makes wild people sick. 29. Topological psychological gets the U.S. into the war in Iraq. 30. My choice of candidate, not my choice. 31. Zero growth in agricultural and industry. America's post-industrial society. That's what's happening right now. They're destroying America's agricultural uh, operation. Totally destroy and, and industrial. They've been doing destroying our industry since the 1960s already. But now they're destroying our agricultural uh, you know, infrastructure. Back to you. Yeah, 32. Exposing the upper-level parallel secret government. 33. Interpol in the U.S. Its origin and purpose exposed. Uh, 34. The cults of the East India Company. 35. The music industry. Mind control, propaganda, and war. Very good. Now, this last chapter, this is becoming very, very popular on YouTube and social media the fact that Laurel Canyon in California, where all of these early rock and roll stars in the 60s got their start, like the Birds, the Mamas and the Papas, uh, I'm trying to think, of Crosby, Stills and Nash, and, and many other, the Doors, they got their start in this rock culture that was created for them. There was no rock uh, nightclub community in L.A., until the sons and daughters of military intelligence operatives, such as Jim Morrison, whose father captained a ship in Tonkin Bay, I forget what the name of the bay was, 
when uh, uh, Johnson declared war on Vietnam. You know, they staged an event that supposedly a little torpedo boat <laughs> was, was was trying to sink an American aircraft carrier, Tonkin Bay, I think it is, T-O-N-K-I-N, if I'm not mistaken. That was totally staged by LBJ to incite our war against Vietnam, right? A purely fictitious attack never even took place, all right? This is how they start wars, okay? And so, and propaganda and war, how, how the CIA... MIA and Tavistock Institute created the acid rock sensation of the 1960s. It was all one big LSD experiment, Michael. Oh. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Sweden experienced some of that too. Um, yeah, this we has all during. You have both. You have the, of course, the rock. Then you have, of course, this this what I say, damnable hippie hippie movement that started in the 70s. That also right. has degenerated our family values and has you know yeah. uh, free sex for all and all this you had the same also in, you had the same started up when you were in Vietnam I guess that's right well it started here in the 60s during this so-called rock and roll revolution which was caused by the secret uh, agencies CIA MIA Tavistock and many others right and uh, these people you know were created the rock and roll scene to push acid LSD and other drugs okay that's what that was all about Okay, so now it's coming out that the CIA, MIA, and other government organizations were behind this whole thing. Okay, and they were behind the anti-war movement too. All right, so on the one hand, they start the war in Vietnam, and on the other hand, they create the anti-war movement. Why? To destroy the society of America. A two-pronged attack, both ends against the middle. That's how they do it. Okay, and then that chapter number 34, the cults of the East India Company, that looks really interesting because we're talking about the Rothschilds and the uh, East, East India Company, West India Company, etc. How the Rothschilds got the, the people of India hooked on dope, how they got the people of China hooked on dope, etc., etc. I mean, I mean, the record of the Jews is, is just unbelievably evil, but very few people know about it. But that's why we're here. We're wanting to educate the Judeo-Christian world, the world of the white nations, know your enemy. Absolutely know your enemy, okay? All right, so I'll take the acknowledgments, and then you take the forward. Here we go, acknowledgments. Yeah, just um, a comment what you said, know your enemy. That is also what is said in Art of War uh, by Sam Su, that we have to both know our enemy and know ourselves to be able to win, what, every battle. If we only know ourselves, we lose, yeah. we win 50% of the time. So yeah. that's why you have, that's why the Christian identity, what I say, theologically, what we're teaching here is so important because we have both sides, both know who we are and who our enemy are. Amen. Amen. If you don't know who the enemy is, you don't know anything. You're going to lose, as you said. You're going to lose every battle if you don't know who the enemy is and what their strategy is. And fortunately, within the Christian identity movement, two seed line or anti-seed line, we know how they operate. We know who they are, how they operate, and they can't fool us anymore. All right? The Jews are not God's chosen people. 
Anybody listening to Eurofolk Radio for the first time? The Jews are not God's chosen people. They are not the Israel of the Bible. They are not the uh, the people who God entrusted with the, the Word, the Holy Word. No, they have not preserved the oracles of God. They have perverted the oracles of God. Let's go into the acknowledgments here. My very great debt and immense debt for the help, encouragement, and hard and long hours, sound criticism and encouragement in this book, that of my wife Lena and our son John, provided at every stage of its preparation, including suggestions for the cover design, research, and proofreading. I also owe a debt of gratitude to Dana Farns for his untiring computer work and technical assistance. To Anne Louise Gittleman and James Templeton, who who encouraged me to write this book and gave me no peace until I began. <laughs> to Renee and Grant Megan for doing the daily work, leaving me free to concentrate on my writing. My particular thanks also to Dr. Kinna McCabe and Mike Granston, whose faithful and steadfast support was a key factor in enabling me to finish the work. Okay, Now, by the way, John Coleman was a frequent contributor to the Christian Defense League newspaper, which was an offshoot of the the, the, the ministry of uh, Dr. Wesley Swift and Bertrand Comparay. So, uh, so he definitely was familiar with Christian identity, a wholehearted supporter of Christian identity and uh, the author of many good books and exposés of the Jewish menace in our midst. All right, so uh, for back to you for the forward. We have about four, uh, 15 minutes. Okay, so this is the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, uh, shaping the moral, spiritual, cultural, political, and economic decline of the United States of America. Forward. The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations was unknown to the people of the United States before Dr. Coleman exposed its existence in his monograph, The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, Britain's Control Over of the United States. Up to that time, Tavistock had successfully retained its uh, secretive role in shaping the affairs of the United States, its governments and its people since its early beginning in London in 1913 at Wellington's house. Uh, since Dr. Coleman's original article exposing the uh, ultra-secret uh, organization, others have come forward with claims of um, authorship, which they were unable to sustain. Uh, Tavistock began as a propaganda crea- uh, creating and um, disseminating organization centered at Wellington House, which was where the original organization was put together with the intent of shaping a propaganda outlet that would break down uh, the uh, stiff public res- resistance being encountered to the looming war between Britain and Germany. The project was given to Lord um, Rothmer and uh, uh, Norscliffe and their mandate was to produce an organization capable of manipulating public opinions and directing the uh, manufactured opinion down the desired pathway to support for a declaration of war by Great Britain against Germany, hmm. whose name here 
Lodge, Rothmere and Northcliffe. They sounds a bit kikey. I don't know. Yeah, I would I would suspect they are right. I haven't heard those, those names before, but uh, you know this is an expose of how Britain, through the Rothschilds, has manipulated America. That's what this book is about. Uh, it uh, it's a very important book. Okay, yeah, I'll keep keep going. Uh, funding uh, was provided by uh, the British royal family and uh-huh. later by the Rothschild to whom Lord uh, Northcliffe was related through marriage. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Uh, well, you were right. They're Jewish. <laughs> um, Arnold uh, Toynbee was selected as director of future studies to Americans. Uh, Walter Lippmann and Edward Bernays was appointed to handle the manipulations of American public opinion in preparations for the entry of the United States into World War I and to brief and direct President Woodrow Wilson. From a somewhat crude beginning at Wellington House grew an organization that was to shape the destiny of Germany, Britain and more especially the United States in manner that became a highly sophisticated organization to manipulate and create public opinion, what is commonly uh, termed mass brainwashing. Uh, during the course of its involvement, ev- um, Tavistock expanded into, uh, in size and ambition. When in 1937, a decision was made to use the German author Oswald Spengler's monumental work, Untergang um, des Abendlandes. Okay, I don't know if I pronounced that correct. Yeah, you did. Uh, uh, the decline of Western civilization as a model. Previously, Wellington House board member Rothmere, uh, Northcliffe, uh, Lippmann and Bernays had uh, read and proposed as a guide the writings of um, Korea Moylan uh, Walsh, in particular the book uh, The Climax of Civilization from 1917 as corresponding closely to conditions to um, uh, conditions that had to be created before the new world order in one world government could be ushered in. Okay, so gradual yeah. changes in our society until we have what we have today, the new world order, right? Uh, or the Great Reset, as Klaus Schwab or Rothschild himself likes to put it. Back to you. Yes, and all those names for me sounds like, and the people that wants to work with this must be of Edomite descent. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, they, that this kind of work that they uh, doing this cunning stuff. Yes, that's right. Yeah, like their daddy, the, the fallen angel Nakash. Yes, amen. Uh-huh. Amen. Um, in this end- endeavor, uh, the member of the board consulted with the British royal family and obtained the approval of the Olympians the inner core of the Committee of 300, to formulate a strategy. Uh, funding was provided by the monarchy, the Rothschilds, the Milner Group, and Rockefeller Family Trusts. In 1936, uh, Spengler's monumental work had come to the attention of what had become the Tavistock Institute. In preparations uh, for changing the re- uh, reshaping public opinion for the second time um, in less than 12 years by un- uh, Amanius consent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unanimous. Uh, unanimous. Unanimous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Consent of the board. Spengler's massive book was adopted 
as the blueprint for a new working model to bring about the decline and fall of Western civilization <laughs> necessary to create and establish a new world order inside a one-world government. Well, that's fascinating because Spengler would be totally opposed to such a thing. But he predicted that it would happen. You know, that's what his book is about, the decline of Western civilization. It's amazing. He was very prescient in foreseeing these events, and then they turn around and use his book as a blueprint for the decline. Incredible. Yeah, because they couldn't write it themselves because they have not yeah. that that. You see, we should never give the Jews any ideas, <laughs> right? No, oh, man. Take it and use it. Yeah, there yes. you go. Exactly. Um, Spengler held it bound to happen that alien elements would be introduced into Western civilization in increasing numbers. Yeah, there you and, go. Oh, man. Okay. And that the West would fail at that time to expand expel the alien, thereby sealing its fate. Uh, a society whose inward beliefs and sound convictions would become at variance with its outward profession, and thus Western civilization would fall mm. by the wayside in the manner of ancient civilization of Greece and Rome. And I guess, I guess I at least know that Rome was destroyed by the Jews. That's right. Yeah, the moneylenders. And, uh, yeah. and Greece was destroyed by them too. The influence of the moneylenders destroys all civilizations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Aristotle's thinking was that uh, Spengler had uh, indoctrinated Western civilization to believe that it would err on the side of Roman civilization and expel the aliens. The genetic loss that has fallen upon Europe and especially on Scandinavia, England, Germany, France, the Anglo-Saxon Nordic Alpine Germanic race just began just before the Second World War. It's already so great as to be beyond expectations and continues to an alarming pace under the skilled guidance of the Tavistock manager. So that's, uh, that's amazing. The Oswald Spender's book, which was meant to be a warning to Europe that uh, Europe would be flooded with aliens and destroy Europe, is now use, being used as the blueprint by our enemies <laughs> Absolutely incredible. All right, please continue. And unfortunately, I don't think our people knows about this book either that he wrote. No. His warning, or they read it, but then oh, this can't happen. They no, right, oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> here we are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now we sit in this in this mess. Yeah. Because right. our ancestors didn't care. Wallowing in in the muck like pigs. That's what mm. our civilization has become under Jewish influence. Yeah, and we are thinking fast. Yep. Uh, what was a very rare instance uh, become a common occurrence? A black man married to a white woman or vice versa. Oh, yeah, there is that one. Right. Common, common occurrence become a common occurrence. Yeah. Even in well, Sweden, especially in Sweden. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, the two world war cost the German nation almost one quarter of its population. Most of the intellectual and uh, uh, and what was what it said energies, yeah, energies. Uh huh. Of the German nations were uh, diverted into war channels in defense of the fatherland at the expense of science, art, literature, music, and the cultural, spiritual, and moral advantages of the nation. 
The same could be said of the British nation. The blaze um, uh, kindled by the British and the uh, British under the direction of Tavistock set all the Europe on fire and did incalculable um, damage. According to the Tavistock blueprint, the matched uh, Spangler's uh, predictions. Okay. And, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah. This is that the Spartans, they, their society was, they had no luxury, no art, no scientific. They only was focusing on, yeah. say, gymnastics and war. Yeah, well, national self-defense because they were being attacked for, you know, by the Greeks, by the Romans, and everybody else, right? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, so that's what happened in Germany. They had to focus on self-defense. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but this comment, because we only have about uh, five minutes left, uh, the amalgamation of the races, which is obviously Jewish strategy against the white race to destroy us, it's still interesting because I, I was raised in Chicago from 1951 to uh, 2022, and Chicago is a very segregated city still. The attempt to integrate the city of Chicago has failed miserably. Only among college students has this trend even been accomplished, okay? Uh, Chicago has German neighborhoods, Scandinavian neighborhoods, black neighborhoods, Mexican neighborhoods, and they stay apart. They have English neighborhoods, Swedish neighborhoods, etc. Okay. I just recently went to Chicago to a concert, Wishbone Ash, my favorite British band. They played a concert at a place called Reggie's. And it was next door to a black nightclub. And the, the audience at Reggie's was 100% white people. And the uh, the participants at the next that the neighboring nightclub was one hundred percent black people. What a picture of racial segregation in the city of Chicago. The two cultures are remarkably different, remarkably different. With the white people attending the concert being uh, you know pretty much uh, you know restrained and you know, waiting their time to for the doors to open. And being very calm and polite, and finally be, the doors open and allowed us in. But the scene at the black establishment was raucous, absolutely raucous, yelling and screaming beyond the music that they were playing. And black women dressed like whores, falling in and out of the establishment and being picked up by cars and limousines, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, of course, there were limousines uh, being dropping off white people, too. But it's amazing. Uh, absolutely segregated segment of Chicago society. All right? The, the attempt to merge the races is failing, folks. It's only real on the boob tube. Okay? And in the colleges where it's become standard practice. So I'm sure it's the same for you in Sweden. Yeah, I would say this is more in the cities. That's where you see it. Uh, the cities, of course, they are the. That's um, it. Also, Yeshua warned us to get out of Babylon, get out of the cities. Yes, because they burn. So there you see it, and then of course, yes, in the colleges, then you also see it because there's, uh, yeah, they, they have those different sub places where it does happen, and that's I can't understand because that's that's for me. For me, when I was a very young boy, that was something that light up a fire within me that was saying me this is wrong. I got so pissed when I saw it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Control yourself, Michael. <laughs> yeah, right. but that's, that's, I guess, that is for Phineas. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we were looking around, uh, seeing our race and our culture, our civilization being destroyed before our very eyes. And there are white people who don't even see it. They don't. They don't care. They don't understand. I don't think it's. An, they don't believe it's even something that is strange. They don't. Uh, they yeah. see it as just normal. They. I don't know. They. They, they think it's normal. And offended if you point it out. Yeah. They, right. And if you mix something that is that is dominant black with something that is white, blonde, you will never not have the blonde left. You will yeah. only have brown and brown yeah. and brown. Yeah. Yeah. Not like zebras, right? <laughs> it won't be oh, white no. and black. <laughs> It'll be brown, right? And our race will be destroyed. And the Jews know it. This is the Jewish strategy to destroy the white race and Christianity and Western civilization and everything that's good in the world. Yes, and the Holy Spirit will disappear because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Amen. Amen. And there won't be a third temple. And a lot of Christians believe this nonsense that there's going to be a third temple where sacrifices will be reestablished. I don't think so. I don't think so. That'll be the last straw that Yahweh uh, takes from from that crowd. All right, Michael, good job. We'll revisit the Tavistock book by Dr. John Coleman next week. This is an outstanding book. Share it with everybody, folks. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. Thank you, Michael. See you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yahweh bless. Hold on, we're still, I can't get the thing to turn off. It's...